You are listening to How Does She Do It, episode 36. Welcome to the ride. Thank you for joining me for another episode of How Does She Do It, a podcast dedicated to sharing practical insight and honest perspective on being grown. My name is Tiffany, and I am your host. And if this is the first time you are listening to the show, thank you for listening. If this is the second, third, fourth, fifth, 36th time, welcome back. I'm happy to have you here. And this week's episode is very exciting for me for a few reasons. It is going to be the first episode that I've done with an interview on the show. And our guest on this episode is, I mean, I don't want to say guest, but yes, guest, uh, is Kalisa Martin. And she is the co-founder of the Runaway Experience and the Runaway Bed and Breakfast in Jamaica. And if you are not familiar, this brand has is a little under three years old and it started as a bed and breakfast in Jamaica and now his now features retreats from that happen and take place in different places all around the world. As of the recording of the interview with Kalisa and I, they were in Cuba. They're next going to Bali and they are doing amazing things. So there's a lot of good things coming in this episode. But before I get to that, here are a few announcements for this week's show. If you are listening to this show on iTunes or in a pot in the podcast app, you can leave a rating in the iTunes or podcast app by searching for the podcast, typing in how does she do it, and then tapping the show once it pops up. And then you'll see in the middle of the screen the word review, and you can write a review from there. You can actually do it while you're listening to the episode, assuming you're not driving or operating heavy machinery while you listen to this episode. And if you'd like to tell other people who might not use the podcast app or who might not have iPhones, you can listen to the show on Overcast, Acast, Stitcher. You can listen to it in the Google Play Store, Google Play Music Store. So you can listen to it in any other podcast app that you like. This podcast is available. So just listen to it there. You can share it with other people. Or you can go to the website, www.howdoesshedoitpodcast.com, and you can listen directly on the website. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts that you'd like to share with me, you can send me an email to Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com, and I will respond to you there. I look forward to hearing from you. And if you'd like to follow the show on Instagram or Twitter, you can follow it at under, at HowDoes underscore SheDoIt. Again, that's HowDoes underscore SheDoIt. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at TiffSouth, and that's Tiff with two Fs. Before we go into the conversation with Kalisa Martin, I want to go into just my thoughts. And this is the segment of the show where I talk about just my thoughts on current events, things that are happening in the world, in social media. I will not talk about the current president and the current administration because there are lots of podcasts dedicated to sharing the happenings of the White House and the administration. It's a lot of shady stuff going on. I will only say pay attention and be aware and be prepared and do something if you can to impact what's happening and even just on a local level. But this week's Just My Thoughts is about the documentary I Am Not Your Negro. 
This documentary is by filmmaker Raul Peck. It's nominated for an Oscar. And it is essentially the narration of a manuscript by James Baldwin called Remember This House. And he ended up not completing the book, but the book was meant to be a critique and analysis of race in America through the lens of the assassinations of Baldwin's friends, Medgar Evers, Malcolm X, and Dr. Martin Luther King. And I watched this documentary and immediately my brows were furrowed, my arms were were crossed because it is frightening how the parallels and the things that Baldwin talked about in this book, this manuscript, this proposal, how little has changed in 2017. And it was, you could hear people in the theater going, mm, and just, mm-hmm, I know, like, just, and just, you, people were reacting. And it was, it, it, I just have so many thoughts. I really highly, highly recommend, if you have not seen it yet, to go out and see I Am Not Your Negro in theaters, support the film. And it really did, I thought, I think, I mean, James Baldwin is more than just an, a writer and author and novelist. He is, was an intellectual. And he talked about the trouble he had even writing and, and getting into his craft while living in the United States during this, the Jim Crow, Jim Crow 1960s era of like the civil rights movement. And he had, and he left, he moved to, to, to Europe because he literally felt the pressure and felt crushed by the anxiety and anger and stress of being a black man in America. And when you think about what that means, when you think about where we are right now in our times as people of color, as immigrants, as religious minorities of, of any of uh, people who are, um, who are LGBTQ, like any person who is not wealthy and white, (laughs) honestly, in this country right now is experiencing some level of stress and pressure. And so it just really makes you think about how much has changed and how little has changed. And one of the the other powerful points in the film when we, was when he talked about um, when I think it was Bobby Kennedy mentioned the idea of there being a black president in 40 years from now and then the film showing the Barack Obama and Michelle Obama walking on the day of inauguration on the mall. And it was just like, it was eerie. It was very eerie, but it was it was excellent. It is a film that I actually want to see again because I was actually trying to take notes in my phone while it was happening, but he cuz he was just dropping the realest of real gems and truth about race in this country and really what it means to exist in a place where people don't even even if they don't actively hate you, they don't even see you. And how relevant and how that resonates still to this day. So check out I Am Not a Negro if you have not been able to do so already. And if you have, send me a tweet. Let me know what you think about it and let me know your thoughts or your reactions to it uh, once you see it or if you've already seen it. And those are just my thoughts for this week. (laughs) 
So before we get into this conversation with Kalisa Martin of The Runaway Experience, I just want to give you a quick summary of our conversation. Kalisa is the co-founder of The Runaway Jamaica, and it was the first and only successfully funded bread and bed and breakfast, not bread and breakfast, (laughs) bed and breakfast on Kickstarter. And she co-founded it with her life partner and, uh, business partner, Jeff Balazar, and the Runaway Jamaica has now evolved into the Runaway Experience, where they have retreat experiences all over the world. When she and I talked, she was in Cuba. They're going to be in Bali in May, and they have other retreats coming up later in the year. And in the conversation, we talked about food, which is just one of my favorite things in the entire world. We talked about recognizing your transferable skills. If you're considering trying to change jobs or change direction or change industry, Um, we talked about relationships, the value of self-care and personal development and the differences and intersection between passion and purpose. And we also talked about the importance of faith and developing a kind of routine related to self-care and faith in your life and the importance of how that can help you in your make progress in your day-to-day life. And I think this interview is important and special to me for a few reasons. First, because when I first started How Does She Do It, one of my goals was to interview and bring and have conversations really with women about how they do it in their daily lives. I think that we have a lot to learn from each other. And I know that for the last 35 episodes, I have been talking to you and the majority of episodes going forward will still be me uh, kind of by myself, but I wanted to integrate and bring in the lessons and knowledge that we as women have to offer each other. And I might eventually one day down the line, bring in the dude on the show, because I know that there are men who have positive influences of women that have taught them things. So I might do that, but it's not likely, but the, uh, the objective really is to just is to just learn from other people, learn from each other, and just to find out how other women do it. And with that, let's listen to my conversation with Kalisa Martin from The Runaway Experience. So Kalisa, thank you so much for joining me on this episode of How Does She Do It Today? How are you? I'm great. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. So first, before we get into anything else, I just have to say that I want to shout out Cornell University for making and helping to educate this awesome woman that we have on the show Woo-hoo. with us today. Um, I, I don't you guys know I graduated from Cornell. Kalise, you graduated in 2008. That's correct. Yep. Yes. And so um, it's very, very good to have you as my first interview for the show. So you are, you know, I've seen your business, you and Jeff, uh, in Mm -hmm. the news and on Facebook and in my email. And you have started (laughs) this amazing business called the Runaway Experience. And it started with the Runaway Jamaica. So just tell the listeners a little bit about what you are up to now. And then we're going to probably get into a a little bit more of your background as we go, as we go into the conversation. Yes, definitely. So Um, Jeff and I started um, The Runaway Jamaica, like you mentioned, and Jeff is my boyfriend and my business partner, by the way. Um, We started it in, I guess, 2014 um, was when we like shook on it, decided to move to Jamaica and open up the bed and breakfast. And um, for us, it wasn't so much of like a crazy life change as what people think. It was really just like a reapplication of our skills into this passion project that we were starting. Um, and so the concept was to, you know, invite people to our home, this um, design boutique B&B on the north coast of Jamaica to 
really feel like they're living like locals, eating delicious Jamaican food, going on activities, and really just um, communing with us um, and with each other, because a lot of the guests in the house didn't know each other. So that was the original idea, like a, a travel um, concept that really brought you um, up close and personal with the local culture. Uh, and from there, we were exploring different avenues to expand the brand. And um, ultimately, we decided to expand, expand globally to like a pop-up experience, which is what we're doing now. Um, and so for 2017, uh, we're hosting guests in a few different places all around the world, um, starting off with Cuba. We're um, hosting guests. We did this month in January. We have a few more in February, and then we're moving on to Bali in May, and then ending the year um, in South Africa, and maybe some other places. So that's that's the high level of it. Talk about high level. My goodness. Can I just say, you are like, you are literally living the dream. Like, you walked away from, and I want to get get into that a little bit, but what I think one of the things you just said was that this transition to starting this business wasn't so much of a huge jump in the sense that it wasn't, you weren't doing things that were so foreign to you, but it was more right. so you are transferring skills. And I think exactly. one of the things that, that we talk about, especially as we think of, of growing as women and as professionals, is how those, how those skills kind of transfer for, to different areas of our life. So can you talk a little bit about some of those skills that you transferred from your corporate job in as a you were a you worked on a, in branding for a uh, national like culinary company correct yes exactly okay. so um, before I moved um, on to start the runaway uh, I was actually the brand director at tastingtable.com and it's a really amazing digital food publication that covers um, trends uh, in food recipes travel like everything related to food you name it um, but at that time I was working on the business side, doing brand marketing and operations. And I really wanted to put, um, my own passion for food kind of front and center in my everyday life. Uh, and they were really, they were really supportive of the change. At first they were like, Oh my gosh, what other magazine are you going to? And then when I told them, they were like, oh, okay, go for it. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, um, just like you mentioned it, the skills that I had gained in that environment in terms of project management and, um, you know, marketing and advertising really helped for um, starting the runaway because essentially it was just a massive project um, that we needed to that we needed to execute. And um, on Jeff's side, he also comes from a background in marketing and like building digital projects and, and brand strategy. So um, a lot of what we did um, in our brand made us kind of stand out as a bed and breakfast because, you know, typically you think of a bed and breakfast as like, you know, kind of like a, a traditional, um, old school, uh, frilly, way of experience. Frilly sheets and weird, right, you know, right, floral curtains right. and all that. <laughs> right. Which is cool. I mean, all that's great, but we took a really modern approach to it and modern, not only in the sense of, um, the design and the aesthetic and our offering, but also in the way that we, um, reached out to potential guests and consumers and the way, you know, content was really important to us. And, social media and, you know, putting our values front and center, I think that really resonated with a lot of people in a way that, um, felt new in, in that travel landscape. 
Wow. So you, you are saying so many amazing things and I'm trying to figure out where I want to go first. (laughs) Um, because, so I want to go back a little bit. You mentioned your passion for food. And if anyone has ever read a bio that I've written online, that wasn't for a corporate, you know, program, it usually Mm -hmm. involves my love of food. And so I just want to hear a little bit about, I know you were a food science and nutrition major at Cornell, but I want to hear a little bit more about where your passion, like going, thinking about like your family and your childhood, where did your passion for food come from? Um, well, it's funny cause my mom actually hates to cook. Oh. Like, she, <laughs> like she, um, I can spend a lot of time on this subject actually, but, uh, she would cook as much of one single thing as she possibly could. And we would have leftovers for like what felt like weeks. Talk about you know, efficiency. As as, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I remember, and it was always, you know, we're Caribbean, we're Jamaican. So for her, it was always chicken, rice, and vegetables, like every single day. Mm-hmm. And then I remember my sister um, and I were so upset because one time she came home uh, with a recipe, with a cookbook entitled 365 Ways to Cook Chicken. <laughs> and we cried. We were like, no more chicken. Um, I mean, but anyway, my mom loves that story too. So that's so funny. That. Um, but my grandmother, actually, my grandmother's on both sides. They um, both really love to cook. And, you know, growing up and even to this day, Jamaican food is my all time favorite type of food, like holidays. And, you know, Christmas, Thanksgiving traditions are just full of overflowing Jamaican dishes. So I would say that's, you know, it skipped a generation, but that's where I got it from. Um, And even in high school, um, my friends and I were total food nerds, like the definition of a food nerd. Um, And fortunately, I went to a really small Quaker school where they um, were totally flexible and like encouraged individuality and like leadership and following whatever you were interested in. And a couple of our teachers actually started some electives all about food. Wow. So I'd be sitting, um, you know, in a classroom with my chemistry teacher, she would just be reading articles from the journal of food science. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'd never even heard of food science until she was reading those like literally scientific articles. Like they were children's stories or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that was really cool. And so I think at that age, I knew that I wanted to do something in food, but the careers that seem the most obvious are either, you know, okay, you can work in a restaurant or you can be a nutritionist. And those are both great options, but I just knew that I didn't want that direct path for myself. So I just decided that I wanted to learn everything there was to know about food. Um, and I was going to like be this food expert of some kind that somehow would give me a career that I didn't know about yet. Mm -hmm. And so, um, uh, I went to Cornell. They have a number one food science program in the country and it was awesome. I loved understanding the science of food. A lot of people don't know what food science was. I remember freshman year, someone flipping through one of my food chemistry books and being like, Oh my gosh, I thought there were going to be chocolate chip cookie (laughs) recipes. There's like (laughs) graphs and equations. And I'm like, Oh brother. Um, but yes, I love food science and I um, did nutrition as well, honestly, because I knew that that was a more common field. Mm-hmm. And so I knew that if I was at food science and nutrition, people would just like, OK, I, I understand. Mm. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of where things started. And um, after that, after I got those degrees, I um, knew I didn't want to be in a lab uh, all day long. And so I went to culinary school because that was the next step in my plan. Um, and I went to 
the French Culinary Institute in Manhattan um, and got my grand diploma of culinary arts. And then from there, I was like, I want to keep going. And I decided that food media was um, the perfect industry for me to um, combine everything that I loved about food, whether it was the science of it or the culinary arts. And um, actually, before that, I did a little stint in uh giving food tours in the city. I don't know if you've ever seen those groups like walking down the sidewalk with a big group. And, yes. Yes. Like telling corny jokes and feeding people <laughs> food. I did that for a little bit, which was amazing. Um, so yeah, that was like a really long-winded answer, but I could keep going because mm. I love food so much. No, it was perfect. <laughs> it was perfect. And I think what it does, what you just talked about is really your journey and your story. And one of the things that we think that we often don't think about, especially when we're thinking about our careers is, you know, our job is like our day job and it's kind of where we, where we show up every day. But mm-hmm. when you are doing when I think when you're doing it right and you're living, you're kind of a whole you're kind of almost authentic self. There's an integration of the things that you personally care about. And you just, mm-hmm. I mean, your journey sounds exactly that. I mean, from seeing someone read a food science magazine to going to Cornell to major in food science, I, I will have to say I did take a, I took two food science classes, the coolest classes <laughs> that I took. I actually I'm got to make, you. I got to make ice cream during <laughs> my, I think it might've been my senior year and our, it was a competition and our ice cream won and the dairy nice. made it. And so, sold it and just so if you guys there are any high school students listening cornell is one of the few universities that makes its own ice cream on right on campus so think about (laughs) cornell but no i think um one of the things that you mentioned is you you mentioned the next step in your plan so going into the digital uh food space and then Mm -hmm. but so the way that all this comes came together was it did it feel as deliberate and it it sounds kind of seamless but what are some of the things or were there points in your journey that you felt like you might have needed to pivot or you were did everything just kind of seem to flow into the sort of natural progression that it sounded like Well, honestly, it did feel like a natural progression. Um, My mom, I remember when I was in high school trying to, you know, decide what I would major in and this and that. She was like, well, make a list of things that you like. Mm. And then from that list, find a career. And so I was like, oh, I like food. Duh, easy. (laughs) And it sounds really simple, but sometimes it really just is that that way. And I know a lot of people who um, ended up going down paths where, They weren't passionate, but they thought it was like the right thing to do or it's what their parents wanted them to do or they did it because they thought it would make them a lot of money. And I I'm like, you know, it wasn't even that complex for me. I was like, I like food. Mm. I'm going to learn everything that I possibly can. And, um, you know, if you ask my parents at different points along the way, I'm sure that they were like, what is she going to (laughs) do? But um yeah, I, I, I don't know. I wasn't concerned. And I think especially, too, um, a big factor was, like, my faith. And I do think that, you know, like, God has planted this passion in me. And so it was always the route that I knew I was meant to be on. Mm. That is powerful right there. So I actually want to s- stay there for a second. Do you think that—because you hear a lot of talk in especially when you talk about people in who are unhappy in corporate America or people Mm -hmm. who are um going off to pursue these you know these amazing entrepreneurial pursuits people always talk about passion but in Mm -hmm. thinking about that do you think that there's a difference between passion and purpose and and or or is there and or is there a connection between the two Ooh, that's a good one um 
Yeah, I think I think there there definitely could be a difference mm. between passion and purpose. And sometimes they're the same thing and sometimes they're not. Mm. Um, I know some people who would prefer that their day job is just that. It's their day job. They clock in, they clock out, and then they have the free time to pursue what they actually are passionate about. Mm. And they don't want to taint that love for whatever it is by you know, attributing like the financial, um, complications and requirements to it. So I think you can definitely be passionate about something and it doesn't mean that should be like your full focus of your purpose. But again, sometimes they're both the same thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think the way that I, um, I've been thinking about it for, I always give this example that I love music and I'm passionate about the art of DJing. But DJing mm-hmm. is not my purpose, right? I right. should not be on this earth DJing anybody, <laughs> like running around trying to DJ any parties. But I like in my mind, I like to think that I could do that. But I think my purpose is something different. So I think that right. that's a good distinction you made there um, because it's they can be aligned, but they're not always aligned. Right. Um, so when you think about when you mentioned your faith, what do you how has your faith changed over the years? Thinking about back when you were, you know, a student at Cornell, mm-hmm. climbing those, you know, steep hills on the way to class mm-hmm. in the food <laughs> science building, um, to where you are now as a woman who has, you know, left uh, one career to start this amazing journey. How has your faith grown and changed over the, over the years? Um, yeah, definitely. It's definitely grown and changed, and it's been. Um, it's been the thing I think that's kept me grounded and kept me steadfast, like on this path, because, um, I am a person who likes like order and like a plan and like knowing the next step. And I think, (laughs) 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 yeah, but, um, especially with starting the runaway and, you know, especially in, in my relationship with Jeff, whether it's, you know, our romantic relationship or our business relationship that too, like, you know, you're putting your, you can't control everything. Right. Mm. And so I think between the business and, you know, um, going into business with my life partner, it's required, um, you know, God to be in the mix of all of that because mm. there are times when things might seem confusing or, um, you might want to pivot one way or the next. And so having that base to go back to that foundation of, faith has been really important. And especially, um, you know, sometimes not knowing what the next step is going to be, but trusting God that it's all going to go according to his plan. Um, so I think that has been very, very important throughout this whole, throughout my whole life, honestly. Yeah. Do you you have a a verse or a story or passage that you go to when that's often sometimes when you're hitting that when there's a challenging moment facing you that you kind of refer to often or think about that kind of comes to mind? Yeah, um, I would say just the when I when you were asking about like purpose and my passion for food and everything, just the idea that God gives us the desires of our hearts Mm. and the idea that it doesn't mean God is going to give us everything that we ever want. That's not what it means. It means not only will God give us the desires of our heart, but he actually put that desire in our heart to begin with. Mm. And so that's why it's in line with, like he'll give it to us because it's in line with what he wants for us anyway. And I think just coming down to that and like reminding myself of what my purpose is and making sure that I don't 
put myself first in that purpose, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, really, again, helps keep me grounded and focused when things could go all different types of ways when, you know, you're an entrepreneur and setting out your own, your own business plan. So I think that's, that's been really important to me. Girl, you are preaching over here today. I think that is, that's so, it's so important to hear that. And I think that in this world where you can look on Instagram and look on Facebook, and even for someone who doesn't, who has, who doesn't know the story, for example, of your journey to where you are right now, they might look and just say, oh, it was all, you know, it just, it just flowed so seamlessly. She didn't have to do anything. It just came to her. But recognizing Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, you have to, there's an order to things. And it sounds like you have progressed in a very intentional way way over the course of your entire career from starting literally starting back in high school to not necessarily knowing how things were going to come to fruition but always Mm -hmm. walking in that direction anyway and I think that that is an amazing testimony because we can't as as type a as I know I am as well (laughs) I can't know how things are going to go but I do know if I'm moving in that direction then God is going to to continue to bless uh provided that we I'm operating it within his will right um, Amen. <laughs> so, so you talk. I know that you're, and I want to talk a little bit about the about the the runaway experience that you have going on. And I noticed that. So you said you were in Cuba. Um, you're in Cuba now, kinda, and then you're going to Bali in May. And yeah. I think one of the things that struck me is first of all how dope this looks, right? You have these three different tracks: this nutrition, this physical fitness, this yoga, and kind of peace and the spirituality piece to it. But mm-hmm. I noticed that that the phrase personal development is one of the focuses of the, um, is one of the, is it focuses, is that a word? One of the, <laughs> um, one of the focal points of mm-hmm. this experience and what made you incorporate personal development into this kind of, um, into this kind of retreat experience? Well, I think a, a, a few different things played into that. Um, one, the retreat idea in general, um, we actually started last year with Food Heaven Made Easy. They're our partners for the Nutrition Week mm-hmm. um, that we're doing. And we did the retreat with them in Jamaica, and it was amazing. Um, and they're just amazing women in general because um, they're both uh, you know, certified uh, dietitians and nutritionists, and they have um, clients and um, outpatient programs with different hospitals. And what's great about them is, of course, they're awesome and experts and legitimate, but they're also women of color Mm. and they're able to connect with an audience that isn't always represented, especially in the nutrition world where, um, a lot of times the food may not be appealing to all different types of people. If you are thinking about what is quote unquote healthy. And so they bring, um, a different angle to that with, you know, delicious recipes and, um, just being able to connect with folks in like a really, applicable way. It's not, um, it's not about the gimmicks and it's not about all that. It's just like helping people find what food, um, is right for them. And so I think that experience, um, was awesome because everybody who attended, um, and it was open to everybody, of course, um, anybody could have signed up, but all of the folks who attended last year were women of color. So they were all women and they were all, you know, Mm -hmm. black women. And that was just an amazing, it turned out to be an awesome week because, um, just like the fellowship from the week, just Mm -hmm. like being able to let loose. And it was, you know, nobody knew each other. I think maybe one or two people knew each other going in, but otherwise it was all new friends. Um, that was just 
incredible all around, like not only for the guests, but for us hosting it as well. And so we wanted to expand on that idea this year and just offer some more angles to what it means to be, you know, um, focusing on wellness and, and self-care, especially this year with so much going on in the world and, um, you know, so many different points of stress and like mental health being an issue and politics and all that. We really wanted to offer um, an experience that would not only be uh, kind of like a distraction, like a getaway, but also something that would be fulfilling for people like mentally and emotionally and physically. And so the, we're doing the nutrition and also the boot camp and the yoga um, because it's really important that we take care of ourselves. Um, you know, everybody in general, but especially us as women, when we're always giving so much out there, you need to take the time to put some back in to yourself. Oh, that I couldn't have. That's um, it's so true. And I think we as as women of color are always the and not, I, women, I think women generally, like you said, but women of color in particular, when it when we think about the the burdens that generationally that we have carried and how we mm-hmm. are always often the first to try to support anyone that we can with mm-hmm. the little or the much that we have. Um, so I think that this is a great this is a great way to really give people an opportunity to do exactly what you said, which is kind of just refresh and, and, and focus on their wellness and focus on their well-being. And speaking about taking care of yourself, how do you take care of yourself? I know you, this, you, I imagine how that this is, you're very busy, um, doing Mm -hmm. the things that you do, you know, being the the executive chef of your, uh, of your, you know, runaway experience, run the runaway Jamaica, but now expanding, Mm -hmm. you know, globally, what are some of the things that you you do to take care of yourself on a regular basis? Well, let me first say it took us some time to get <laughs> to realize that we really need to put some of those things in place. Because mm-hmm. I think, like you mentioned, the, the B&B aspect of it being the executive chef and running the kitchen, all that, that um, I would say I ended up putting out too much. And I was, you know, at the point where I was like, you know what, I haven't even worked out in X amount of months. I haven't you know, been doing my devotions. I haven't been doing my daily rituals. Um, and so now at this point, now we're really trying to, um, reorganize our day and me specifically, like, you know, I like a schedule, like build in time for myself because I previously, I wasn't doing that. And I, it wasn't until, um, I was actually being interviewed that I was like, wait a minute, Mm. like, (laughs) what are those things I used to do? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, now I try and start my day, um, with my devotions and some like physical fitness, either like a quick cardio or some other type of, um, workout. And I think between those two things, like giving myself that time in the morning, it really, um, makes the day go really smoothly. That is at first. Well, we have the similar morning routine. I uh, try to wake up and start my day with my devotion and then follow it with a workout. But I think that a lot of the best advice that I've seen speaks to exactly what you talked about. You have to schedule time for mm-hmm. yourself in the same way you would schedule time for anything else in your life. Yeah. And so I'm glad that you were able to to claim that time back for yourself and um, imagine that you have you seen like an increase in your in your energy or productivity and just like oh feel, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And it's like, it's one of those things where if I slack off 
or I'm just like, oh, no big deal. I'm going to just like jump right into the day. Then I'm like, no, 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 Mm-mm. I messed up. I got to <laughs> You got to step back. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The days I do not go to the gym, I am groggy for like three hours in the morning. I'm yeah. just like, don't, I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to talk to you. Don't ask me to respond to this email. I don't want to do any of that stuff. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to, to, uh, another thing I wanted to touch on is your, your business, you and Jeff have identified five pillars of, for your business and it's food, design, sustainability, community, and culture. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in thinking, and you touched on this a little bit, but how do these, uh, do you have kind of personal pillars that align or inform those things that you've identified for, for the business? Yeah, I would say, um, that that's what we outlined specifically when we were um, putting together the idea for the runaway bed and breakfast. And even as we expand now, that's been really what we hold ourselves accountable to as we, you know, find other places to stay. So for example, in Bali, um, you know, it's a, it's already a tourist destination. So there's so many places where we could have chosen to bring the guests, but we ended up, um, you know, specifically finding one that was in the community that was, um, you know, part owned by local folks that was giving back, that was very involved in the schools and the environmental sustainability and all of that. So, um, it's even more important now as we are traveling and we're linking up with other local small businesses that we, um, use those to keep us honest. Okay. I love that. And I, I have so many questions and I know I do not want to keep, I could keep you on here till 11 (laughs) o'clock tonight, but I will not do that. But in thinking, so you are, so you and Jeff are both life partners and business partners. How has Mm -hmm. that experience been over the course? It's been now three years going into three years that the business has been going. Um, what are some of the, the, uh, I guess the, the best parts about that and maybe even some challenges that yeah. you had to address, uh, over, over time. Yeah, definitely. I would say, well, the best parts are that, um, we're actually very different. We have very different working styles. Um, but they're like perfectly complementary. Like Jeff is very, um, big picture strategy. Um, he's like the dreamer that drives, what we're going to do next. And I am very like task oriented and I like lists and like planning stuff out in a project managing type of way. Mm. Um, and so it's funny, I started to say that he's the what and I'm the how, mm. cause that kind of like sums us up. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been really great to have that balance, especially when you know, it's just a team of two and like everybody's kind of got to do everything. It's great that we have like very different perspectives that can carry the ship forward. Um, and I would say some challenges, but also, you know, what ended up working out, thank goodness, in our Mm -hmm. favor was that, um, you know, communication is key in any relationship, but I think especially because we had a working relationship, all of that was like, you know, to the max. Mm. And it was funny because, uh, we used to say like when we were living in Jamaica, cause we were there, you know, before we even started hosting guests, we were there for how long, like uh, more than six months, just like the two of us, mm. you know, and all of our friends and family were back in the States. And we were just like, you know, most of the time either locked up in front of our computers or, on the road experiencing Jamaica to do research. And it was like, you know, boot camp. It mm. was relationship boot camp. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's, it's been great. It's good. 
that we, um, you know, building on a dream like we're doing, it's like awesome if you're doing it by yourself. And I think it's like even better when the person that you are in a, you know, a romantic relationship can relate because they're doing the exact same thing and they're doing it with you. Um, so I'm just, I'm grateful for him and I'm, I'm like blessed that we have each other. You are, you are literally living the dream right now. Like I just, I'm just, I'm like, oh, she lives in Jamaica and she travels around the world with her boo and they work together. No, I, um, I am just like, I'm grinning from ear to ear because you sound, first of all, you sound so happy and I've always known you to be a very, um, have a very good and positive attitude, but to be able to be literally living a dream that you have been building for yourself with, um, you know, with Jeff, it is, I wish you so many of the the many blessings. Oh. Um, and I want to ask you. you just one last question before we go. So you know the name of the show is How Does She Do It? Mm-hmm. And I came up with that I with that name because when I see, for example, when someone sees a woman like you, they're just like, Yo, how does she do it? Like, how does she do all those things? So if you could think about a value or a habit that could inform how Kalisa does it, what would that be? Oh, um, okay. I'll pick a habit. So I mentioned this a couple of times, I think already, but I love lists and I love lists on my phone and I love lists to kind of, um, help me task manage, but it sounds silly, but it's, it's one of those things that has become key to me, especially, you know, starting a business and like organizing lots of different projects, um, being organized and writing things down really helps me anyway to to kind of prevent me from being overwhelmed Mm -hmm. because there's always going to be too much to do and not enough time. But if you, um, like we use Asana, for example, um, it's just like one of, I'm sure like millions of tools out there. But when I use Asana, it helps me to not only organize everything I have to do, but kind of pace myself on like, okay, I'm going to do this three times a week on these days, I'm going to, my goal to complete this is going to be that day next month. And so it really helps like compartmentalize like every, um, project Mm -hmm. and, and allow you to like take off like little bites at a time instead of trying to swallow the whole thing and freak out. You are dropping the light (laughs) jewels over here. I promise. And it's funny because when you hear it's easy because I read a lot. I listen to a lot of books about productivity and just and leadership and all those things. And you've touched on so many of the things that I've learned and I've heard. And it really, it's just comes down to execution, right? Because you can, yeah. a lot of us hear and know, quote unquote, a lot of different things, but you are like doing it every single day. And, um, and it just, it sounds, you know, I have, I, I'm about to download Asana and try and check it out to see if I can get oh, my life good. a little bit for some, uh, for some <laughs> of this project, these projects I have going on here. <laughs> but um, so it just if you want to tell the the listeners how we can get in touch with you or how we can learn more about the runaway experience, the runaway brand overall, the runaway Jamaica and um, and what you have coming up in the next several months. Yes, definitely. So our website is the runaway dot com and our Instagram is at the runaway experience. And same for our Facebook at The Runaway Experience. And my personal Instagram is Kalisa M. Martin. I 
hope you enjoyed that conversation with Kalisa Martin from The Runaway Experience. It was a pleasure talking to her and having her as my first guest on the show. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you can, or reactions to this episode, please feel free to send me an email or tweet me. The email is Tiffany at HowDoesSheDoItPodcast.com, or you can tweet me at Tiff South. That's Tiff with two Fs on Twitter. Um, and if you have not already left a five-star rating and review on the podcast, please feel free to do so in the iTunes store. And this week's five-star rating and review comes from J.R. The Trey, who I know very well. Thank you so much for leaving this review. And this review reads, this is one of the most relevant podcasts I have subscribed to. The topics are helpful for young professionals and even to older professionals for perspective. Tiffany uses her experience to give sound advice to all listeners one of the best thank you very much for your review and if you have any questions topics concerns feel free to email me feel free to tweet me uh follow the show on twitter and instagram at how does underscore she do it (laughs) and until next time be blessed and